The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And now we are going to talk about emotional intelligence and wholehearted parenting, which is the name of the book. My guest is Joshua Friedman. He's an educator, author, specialist on emotional intelligence, and co-founder and CEO of Six Seconds, a global nonprofit dedicated to emotional intelligence. His new book, Wholehearted Parenting, talks about a better way for parents to handle stress and have their children feel safe. Welcome, Joshua. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, yeah, great to have you on the show. All right. Um, I just want to say, I want to let the audience know that you lead the world's largest network of emotional intelligence practitioners and researchers. Six Seconds has offices and representatives in over 25 countries. And you're definitely one of the, one of the few experts in the world with over a decade of full-time experience in this whole new field and emerging field of EQ, which is emotional quotient, you know, instead of IQ. You've traveled the world, you've worked with FedEx and Microsoft and HSBC and the Navy and the UN helping to create organization despite chaos. So here's my first question to you, Joshua, before we can talk about parents. How is emotional intelligence or EQ different from IQ? Well, I think we use our, uh, well, first of all, let me say they're not opposites. And I think sometimes people characterize them as opposites because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool to say, well, on the one side we have EQ and on the other side we have IQ. We all know right. what IQ is. Yeah. Uh, but, but really they're not opposites because both um, of these types of intelligence are about acquiring and using data. So let's just talk about mathematical intelligence for a second. Uh, so that's a form of IQ. And in mm-hmm. mathematical intelligence, you tune into numbers and you solve math problems, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody who's good at, you know, good with that mathematical intelligence, they're pretty accurate and they solve math problems well. Well, let's just substitute math for emotion. And emotional intelligence is about, you know, tuning in accurately to that emotional data and mm-hmm. solving emotional puzzles. Mm-hmm. So they're both important is what you're saying. One is not more important than the other. It's a tough question. I mean, if yeah. I, I, I noticed at the times in my life when I uh, really regret what happened, it was a failure of emotional intelligence and not so much a failure of yeah. cognitive intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that, um, you know, if I'm going to hire somebody to lead others and work with people and engage, and uh, you know, uh, emotional intelligence is going to be more important. But... It, you can't be, I, I work with a lot of big companies, you know, and mm-hmm. 
you can't go to work for Intel if you don't have pretty high IQ. Right. But you're not going to get promoted on that basis. You're in a building full of people with pretty Mm. high IQ. And what's going to make you stand out as a high performer is your EQ. Well, here's my big question, and it would be for parents, but it would also be for people and companies. And it's a general question, but I think it's an important one. So many people have trouble. Now, a parent to a child, a boss to an employee or a team member have difficulty really telling the truth. Example, Mm. you're doing something wrong. This isn't right. It's got to be changed. I mean, that's the bottom line. So with EQ or emotional intelligence, then we have to craft that in a way that the person can hear it without shaming or blaming them. And so that's what I'd like you to address because I think that's the crux of it. And I think then what happens is we're not talking, so we just don't talk about it. We, we don't tell you, it comes out in another way, you've made a mistake, all of a sudden you're fired, or all of a sudden I'm yelling at my kid, because we never really addressed it, because we didn't know how to. Yeah, that's a great question, and I think there's, a, there's a, a two sides of it. One is uh, giving the message, and one is receiving the message. Um, in giving the message, I think that sometimes people are not honest because they don't, as you said, they, they don't know how to say it in a way that's going to work. My wife and I were just talking about an argument we were having with our son. It's like, oh, I, we can't even talk to him. He's a teenager. We can't even talk to him about it. It's like not worth it. It's just going to lead to conflict. Uh, and that's us not, you know, not knowing how to uh, communicate in this in a way that, that he'll hear it. Um, Receiving the message is, is also, you know, a shared responsibility in communication. And what I would say is what we all do in our relationships, in our communication, is we do these little tiny tests of trust. Mm-hmm. And if I'm talking to my colleague or my son, it doesn't matter, I might, I might say a little something, might be just a little bit honest, a little more, mm-hmm. a little disclose a little bit. And mm-hmm. that person is going to um, do something back. And they might make a joke, in which case I'm going to shut up. <laughs> or they might, you know, they might turn and listen to me. Or they might give me some kind of even nonverbal affirmation to say, oh, that's, that, mm, okay. You know, that's going to help me know, okay, this, they're interested and they're engaged and they're, Joshua, I want to ask you, what if you, and and I've been trying this with people, and it's actually been working, but I have to work at it. You know, I have uh, have someone that I've worked with who I found sometimes negative, and at one point I just said, you know, it's really hard for me to hear this information. I don't know what to do with it. It just, it makes me uneasy. Even though it's good information, it just, it doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, so, so if there's a way that we can do it where we're not saying, look, you're negative, or mm-hmm. look, you know, don't tell me that, or look, that's yeah. making me crazy, stop it. If, if we can turn it so that it's more about how we feel and how it affects us, do you think that's part of this and making it work? So I would say that, um, again, as a receiver of information, if you can right. help somebody give you information in a way that's going to work better, Um, So if you want me to be more motivated, something that would help me is blah, 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 blah. Um, Right. uh, I'm I'm feeling confused or I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm. Uh, Can you tell me this in a different way? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. 
That, so, that I have found that's a huge for me. gift. If somebody yeah. said that to you, yeah. I mean, how yeah. generous. Yeah. yeah right? That they're really taking, that they're wanting to hear you and they're offering you help mm-hmm. to, to communicate with them. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you say what you just said, now say it a different way. And, and I was talking to you and I said, Joshua, I can't listen to what you're saying because it's just making me upset. Mm-hmm. I, you shut down automatically, completely. Right? Yeah, Where? Kind of, like in that, it's just even in that kind of tone. Exactly. It's like almost like rejecting. Yep. Well, and and I, like, I do want to say that the words that we use are almost irrelevant. How we say what we say is really relevant. Except you know, and, on paper, right? Except when you're writing. Then yes. the words become everything. Sure. And, and it's not that the words are irrelevant. I don't want to overstate that. Uh, but I want to say that the emotion is the most powerful part of the emotional communication. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, how, how do you want me to feel? And this mm. is a really wonderful question just to, for all of us to think about. You know, I'm going to talk to my colleague about this project that I don't think is going well. How do I want her to feel at the end of the conversation? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that allows me as a leader to be strategic with emotion mm-hmm. and to recognize. Mm-hmm. We say emotions drive people, people drive performance. And that's true whether you're talking about your 14-year-old or you're talking about your colleague or your boss or, you know, anybody, your sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Emotions drive people, people drive performance. So what emotions do you want to um, bring up from yourself? And what emotions do you want to catalyze and encourage in them? Yeah. And, you know, um, I watched, and I want to let the audience know, too, that on your website, it's, uh, your website is Joshua, what is your website exactly, joshuafriedman.com? Well, there is, there's jmfriedman.com, but where I would encourage people to go is sixseconds.org. It's the, um, the Emotional Intelligence Network, and sixseconds.org has tons of articles and information and resources. Watch the video that you had done with, on NBC with another woman, and what I, what I got out of that was when you talked about the six seconds is there for a reason, because if you yeah. can stop and pause in six seconds, that flood of emotions will go away. That immediate flood. Emotions are actually chemicals. They're they're neurohormones, and they uh, actually last in our brains and bodies for only about six seconds. Mm -hmm. And typically what we do is we produce more and more and more. And neuroscientists call this a cascade effect, where we produce a little bit, and it multiplies, and it multiplies, and it multiplies, and pretty soon we have this just flood of whatever chemical it is it's hard to deal with. But each little bit, of this, this emotion chemical, whatever feeling it is, can last for about six seconds. And then if we can pause and reflect and engage our cognitive, cognitive brains and emotional brains to work together for about six seconds, we can come to a place of balance and we can think about our feelings and feel about our thoughts, and then we can take really effective action. All right, we're going to take a break on that note. And my guest is Joshua Friedman, and he's an educator, author, specialist on emotional intelligence, co-founder and CEO of Six Seconds, a global nonprofit dedicated to emotional intelligence. His new book is Wholehearted Parenting and Helping Parents with their, to Have Their Children Feel Safe. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about 
uh, to parents and to grandparents as well as, you know, how, how do they talk to their children. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin right here on voiceamerica.com. And you can log on to sixseconds.org. That's the number sixseconds.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone welcome to the patricia raskin show and welcome to the second half again um we are talking with my guest, Joshua Friedman, who's an educator, author, specialist on emotional intelligence, and co-founder CEO of Six Seconds, a global nonprofit dedicated to emotional intelligence. We're now going to talk about parenting. His new book is Wholehearted Parenting, where Joshua offers parents sane and sound advice about how to raise good kids. And before he wrote Wholehearted Parenting, he's the author of three previous books, including Inside Change, 
at the heart of leadership, how to get results with emotional intelligence, as well as the vital organization. So welcome back, Joshua. All right, let's talk about parents and children. How can parents talk with their children, particularly about some of the tough things that are going on, the headlines, violence, threats, and even even the elections? I mean, a lot of the kids are watching this, and they're hearing all the yelling and screaming, and they're confused, too. Yeah, that is a whole nother show we might talk about. Yeah, I, can but <laughs> I think, you know, with kids, there are a couple of pieces that I want parents to think about. One is to recognize that our kids are getting way more data than we got when we were kids. And, you know, you can have a seven-year-old who, you know, you don't give them a smartphone, you know, because you're trying to moderate that and you, you, know, you try to protect them and you maybe control what they watch at home. But then they go to school and their friend has a smartphone and they're getting, you know, data that you don't necessarily want them to have. And I think, you know, the unfortunate reality is we just, we have to deal with that fact that they are getting way more information than maybe they're emotionally mature enough to handle. I think a lot of us are, even adults. <laughs> we're all you getting know, way too much information, yeah, I would say. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, think of the things that were hidden in. I mean, I don't want to get into politics, but I was just watching the John F. Kennedy. No one knew he had Addison's disease. You could not hide that today. Today, that wouldn't allow it to be, be hidden. So, yeah. So anyway. we have all this data, and they're, you know, they're hearing this stuff. And I think mm-hmm. our impulse sometimes, I mean, our impulse is very often to protect them, right? And we protect them by sometimes saying things like, oh, don't worry about that. And I think our intention is really positive, you know, and we're trying to soften the situation. Um, but there's this emotional message that we, that we might be sending. And this, the message we might be sending is, um, you shouldn't feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the kid is scared, and we say... Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the one hand, like, okay, that's a supportive, positive thing to say. But on the other hand, what we've done is we've just denied that those feelings are relevant and important. So we really should not be saying that. I think we should be very careful about the way we validate and invalidate our children's feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I think we have to be super careful about um, how much of our own feelings we share. And I would say a lot of parents err on the side of sharing too much, but most parents err on the side of sharing too little. And kids will say, you know, oh, well, you know, what's going on? And we say, oh, no, nothing, don't worry about it. So, so and, Joshua, that's a good question. How do you know? You know, how do you know what's too much and what's too little? Well, you don't. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's why you need emotional intelligence because you, mm-hmm. you have to try to figure it out. And yeah. by the way, you know, a week later, the kids are different than they were last week. You know, so it's like once you got it figured out, you got to start over again. So, well, and, and also, to... also, Joshua, each child is different. So, your mm-hmm. child, you might be able to tell this to one of your children and not the other, or somebody else's child and not your child, right? Depending on their sensitivity and what they can handle. Yeah, I used to be a, many years ago. I was a middle school teacher, and I tell you, it was a lot easier to talk to other people's children than my own in, you know, in, in many areas. And uh, it was kind of less emotionally loaded and it was more neutral. And um, it's scary, you know, being a parent. 
And I think that's one of the things that's so hard about what we're seeing in the news and when we hear about a school shooting and it's terrifying and that's not the world we want our children in. And, you know, then when our kids say, oh, I heard about this shooting, we're just like, oh, I don't want that to be the way things are. Mm-hmm. So that, what, would you, what would you say to your child, Joshua, if the child came to you and said, you know, Dad, I watched the shooting and I, I, I'm really scared. I mean, I, I'm like scared that something like that might happen in my school. What, what would you say to that? I'm scared too. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is really horrible that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to happen in your school, mm-hmm. but I'm really scared about it. And what if your child then says, well, Dad, I mean, you know, do you think you should take me to school? I mean, what do you think? Do you think, do you think I'm going to be okay going to school on my own? So I think that uh, fear is really valuable to us. It tells us that we should worry about something, but we can't let fear be the boss of us. Mm-hmm. So I want us to listen to our fear and understand what we're scared about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want us to make a decision about you know, going out there in the world and doing what, what we want to do and not letting fear be in charge. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I want you to go to school. So... Okay, which is a great example. So how can a parent help their child develop emotional intelligence and coping skills? How do you... By having the conversation you and I just role-played. Okay. Um, okay. I saw a beautiful little okay. Mr. Rogers snippet after yes. John Lennon was assassinated. He came on and he said, children, you know, I know many of you have heard about this and it's really sad. And mm. when we have big feelings the most important thing for us to do is to talk about it mm-hmm. and to find an adult that we love and trust and talk about what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was so sweet and innocent in, you know, compared to where we are today in the world, but the advice, I think, is very relevant. Yeah. And who, you know, do you want to be that person for your child? Mm-hmm. And I think in order to be that person that your child will talk to, You really need to carefully practice your emotional intelligence, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier, but paying attention to how you respond when they bring stuff to you and not overreacting and not underreacting, but being present, about being honest enough and being trustworthy. Such good advice. Tell people, um, give us, first of all, what are your closing thoughts? What do you want to leave our listeners with today? Emotions matter. And you have a choice about how you feel and how you deal with those feelings. Your own, your children's, people in your workplace, people in your community. Our feelings are are an important part of what make us human and equip us to do well in the world. How can people find your books and sixseconds.org? Yeah, so on sixseconds.org, if you search for wholehearted parenting or you go to Amazon. Uh, you'll, you'll find the books. There's a free excerpt of Wholehearted Parenting on sixseconds.org. And um, it's uh, sixseconds.org slash WHP for Wholehearted Parenting. Okay. I had an interviewer say to me, cold-hearted parenting. Well, that's an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's kind of the opposite of cold-hearted parenting. <laughs> right, right. So it's W, right? W, wholehearted W-H. parenting. Parenting okay. with our whole heart. Yeah. 
All right. And again, and now do you teach workshops or how, how does that work in terms of your organization? How might somebody get involved with your organization? So we have uh, free um, EQ cafes uh, in about 55 cities around the world right now. Wow. We have free yeah. webinars uh, every month. And then we also have uh, e- free e-learning courses. Great. Again, we're not for profit, so we try to make a lot of things free. But in addition to that, we have certification training for people who want to go more deeply into this methodology as a coach or a okay. trainer or consultant. Terrific. And so we teach people how to teach these skills. And the cafes are online, correct? Uh, we have both in-person cafes and online. And people can and find so all every, this every, on sixseconds.org. Yes. All right. Joshua, thanks so much for being on the program. It was wonderful and delightful. Thank you for having me. It was a lovely <laughs> discussion. Great. All right. Stay, uh, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and I will definitely put you on my newsletter list. Would love to do that. It comes out every single month, and you can see who's going to be on all of my radio shows. And again, patriciaraskin.com. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.